0: Hello Sheeple, this is one of your fearless co-hosts, Trent. Um, I just wanted to hop on before this episode starts and let you know we recorded this before um, the mass shooting that occurred on July 4th um, in Highland Park, so we don't make any mention of it, um, but it really kind of just illustrates the point that between recording and releasing it, we had yet another highly publicized mass shooting in the United States, so uh, that explains that. Enjoy. Enjoy. gardening
1: i just trust that you're gonna have a lot of produce to give me
0: i've really talked a big game <laughs> yeah. if, if things fall through it'll be a real disappointment and if we'll that falls that through we
1: both are members of a uh community supported agriculture so... is that what it stands for yeah, it I, is, never,
0: yeah. I never knew that a farm share farm share yeah it. It. it's pretty cool but yeah i i was accused pretty of being... nuts uh, with yeah. the uh the garden this year growing a lot of things nice
1: I was accused of being a hippie at work because of my farm share ways.
0: I feel you work with how to put this lightly. How to put this in a way that's nice. <laughs> their tolerance for hippiness is probably quite low at to the place fair, that you work. I, I do own
1: Birkenstocks now.
0: We did. You did send me a <laughs> message where you said, I guess I am kind of a hipster. Yeah. What was that? Because it was... 'Cause I was listening to
1: some music artist I found and then I saw they were like signed to a major label and I immediately was like. Mm, Your that opinion much.
0: fell of them? <laughs> You're not that good. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. But yeah. Hopefully we'll have a bounty. I'm growing all sorts of things. I'm excited because I am doing sunflowers. Ooh. Which the packet says that these are the giant ones that can get between 12 to 18 feet tall which seems insane (gasps) to me that's awesome it seems crazy to me but we will see i would like to see them at their oh i don't think you could avoid seeing them if if they really do grow that large
1: Nah, if we had more room in our backyard i'd probably have a garden and less
0: destructive dogs that is Um, fair you have the dogs to to contend with
1: I thought about putting like a, or like building either a pallet like box to keep them out of it, just using pallets and making like a planter Mm -hmm. or getting a little baby one on my balcony, but
0: wasn't expecting to be, you know. That's fair. The entire prep season, yeah, you were like, your time was dominated. It's been a slow process. Like last year, did do gardening, got a little established, and then this year I was planned ahead. I knew what I wanted to do. I feel like it's kind of an iterative thing to build on top of each other. Well, that was Garden Talk, our (laughs) new podcast within a podcast. Much cheerier than the episodes will probably be this season. Hello and welcome to We the Sheeple, your bi-weekly podcast guide into the wild and wacky world of conspiracy theories and misinformation. I'm your host, Trent Jones, and with me, as always, my co-host, Tom McVeigh. Not the bees. <laughs> oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> N- my co-host, Tom McVay, Nicolas, uh Cage fanboy. Did you see
1: The Unbearable weight of the Men's Tale? No,
0: I feel like I would just cringe watching that movie That's the so entire good. time. <laughs> you, c- you contend that he is in on the joke. I do not think he is in on the joke. <laughs> and of course, we have our silent but definitely real producer, Devin. He's more Nick Cage than Nick Cage. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. Devin is the national treasure.
1: He's my national treasure. <laughs> Brie, get um, me a mug that says you're my national treasure and as Nick Cage's Does it have the all-seeing... The flowers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the memes. Yeah. We're just a couple of memesters who oh. happen to start a podcast. And now so we you- talk about sad things. Laugh so you apparently. cry. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tom. Um, I think unless you were living under a rock, the last two weeks here in the United States have not been uh, the best. It's fair. We have witnessed two separate mass shootings in which at least 31 innocent people, including 19 children, were killed. Senselessly, I might add. Um, it is, quite frankly, chilling. I I can't think of another word for it. Um, but the worst part about it is that at least here in America, the true scale of that tragedy goes even way far beyond these two instances. Um, according to gun violence archive, which is a nonprofit that tries to like, um, compile all this data since 2014, there have been 3,700 and, or I'm sorry, 3,607 mass shootings which i'll give you the definition that they use in a second in the u.s which is their definition is a shooting in which at least four people were injured or killed so four people shot in the same instance um it's nothing short of an epidemic we thought covid was bad but no the real epidemic we've been fighting for much longer um is gun violence
1: Dude, so I don't want to, like, steal your thunder, and if you Mm -hmm. get to this, I apologize. I was listening to NPR, and they were interviewing some British dude Mm -hmm. about the difference in gun culture and America versus, like, the UK. He said in the last year in the UK there were four gun deaths. Not four shootings, four deaths.
0: It's astounding. It's astounding to the degree to which we still struggle with this. Yeah. Um, But just to give you a perspective, so I said there were three thousand six hundred and seven shootings in the u.s. in which at least four people were shot um that's one per day for since 2014 plus an extra 539 so i guess america is still number one in something
1: does that uh if you don't know it's fine include like like gang violence
0: um, I would have to check if this specific resource, I, I know one of the other archives I looked at specifically didn't include right. gang violence, but not I don't think it, this one,
1: not that it's like better or different, right, but it know, is still yeah. a problem, but just, that's it's a, a problem,
0: but definitely a different problem. A talking than, point you'll hear from yeah.
1: a certain persuasion,
0: a certain type of person. I don't believe this one did, but okay. I think it's safe to say that many of them were not <laughs> gang related either way, <laughs> either way. Other countries have gangs. Yeah. Um, but the reason, so, you know, obviously this is a tragic fact in the United States right now, Mm -hmm. um, but it's not new. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about it is because conspiracies and misinformation play several different roles kind of surrounding this issue. Um, and the three that ways that I kind of, you know, categorized it for me, um, they sometimes motivate the perpetrators who commit these shootings. Okay. Um, then conspiracies jump up surrounding the actual circumstances of the shootings themselves um and then lastly, misinformation is widely circulated um when anybody talks about trying to you know do any sort of societal or governmental change to you know in response to these shootings.
1: Is it bad that, as you say that, I can like directly like put this in this category, like oh my <laughs> God, yes, ah, <laughs> yes, I am familiar I know what you were referring to.
0: Um, let me put it this way. I envy our listeners who are not from the United States, um, in this way specifically. Um, so we're going to start, um, with conspiracies as motivation. Um, so, um, unfortunately we have a very recent example of where this was the case. So on Sunday, May 15th, a white 18 year old male walked into a grocery store in Buffalo, New York wearing military gear so like bulletproof vests and uh carrying a, an assault rifle mm-hmm. and he opened fire killing 10 people and wounding three people um his name is peyton gendron um and he lived in conklin new york which is about 200 miles south of buffalo um, so buffalo is very northern in new york it's like right on the border with uh
1: yeah, it's very up there in the lake, a lot of yeah. snow. Yep, yep, yep.
0: Famous for their snow, wings. famous for their buffalo wings. Josh Allen. <laughs> the Bills Mafia. Um, Tables. He live-streamed um, the attack on Twitch, at least until Twitch caught onto it and shut it down. I think so, it was within a couple minutes, but... I think it was like two minutes, I believe, is what I heard. Um, so, he, he live-streamed the attack on Twitch, in which he emerged from his car in the parking lot. Um, Shot four people outside the store. So literally just walked up to a random grocery store and opened fire. And I'll say random isn't the right word to call this grocery store. Um, He, three of those people he shot died. Um, At which point a security guard, his name was Aaron Saltler. He was a retired Buffalo police officer. um, Returned fire to try and stop him. Um, According to the reports I saw, the shots hit. Um, Gendron, but they hit his bulletproof armor, so they didn't really have any effect. Um, he returned fire on the guard, killing him, and proceeded to, and this is the word that I saw in many of the articles, stalk the rest of the victims in the store. So he basically walked up and down the aisles in that store just shooting people. And there was a report I saw, which this will make more sense once we get into his motivations, um, that he was waving his gun at certain individuals... Uh, did not shoot those people and chose to shoot other people.
1: I wonder what the factor could
0: be. Yeah, you might say, what was his motivation in choosing which of the people he shot? Um. So, it's been discovered that Gendron intentionally targeted um, the location he chose because of its location in a predominantly black neighborhood. You might be asking, because I don't know how this goes in other countries, but in the United States, even still today in many major cities, certain, um, neighborhoods, geographic areas of the, uh, the city tend to still be predominantly, particularly black, particularly Hispanic as another large minority population we have in the United States. Um, and even still in the year 2020, those areas of the city are predominantly, um, occupied by that given race at much higher rates than other races. Um, You might be confused about that if you're not from the United States. Maybe even if you're from the United States, you've never given it a thought before. There's a lot of reasons for that. I would say just start by Googling the term redlining Hmm. um, and go from there. That will tell you a lot of the reasons. But in any case, that is the way that it is. And he targeted that specific grocery store because it was in a predominantly black neighborhood. Um, So he wrote in a diary. He He would post this on Discord later. But he wrote in there as early as November of last year about planning the attack. Um, the diary included maps of the grocery store that he drew, um, head counts of black folks he witnessed um, on scouting trips to the store. He actually went and, you know, took head counts. And Times, he, this was the quote from the articles I was seeing, he practiced shooting from his car. Um Apparently he was even confronted by a security guard on one of the trips about what he was doing. Um, and I don't know, he gave some answer. Um, he also, um, there's been an like an 180-page document um, thought to have been written by uh, Gendron, um, where he kind of walked through his intent. Um, and he said the intent of the attack was to terrorize all non-white non-Christian people to get them to leave the United States. Um, and he was, apparently, was briefly investigated last year by state police relating to threatening comments he made while he was still in school. Keep in mind, this guy was 18 years old. So that year, I believe he was 17 years old. Um, child, man. He was a child. And from what I can see, his um, the comments he made was, a teacher asked about like retirement plans or some innocuous question like that in a class, and he said something to the effect of he wanted to commit murder suicide, so he was then admitted to a hospital and observed overnight. Um, yeah, New York has so New York for those who are not in the United States is one of I would say the more liberal as a whole states at least it gets the reputation for being that way Yeah
1: because of like New York City is like you know a huge
0: I would say there's no truly liberal state in the United States Definitely maybe some not. in the New England states but
1: Yeah they're like different though. Like yeah different they're different. liberal.
0: They're also not very diverse so who's or it really helping? Big. Um but in any case um New York has so-called red flag laws um, in place. Um, a red flag law being they build in a limited amount of legal action that they could take to seize or prevent you from obtaining a gun if you have this quote-unquote red flag. Um, I don't know the specifics of the New New York law, but it seems like if, you know, threatening violence um, as a teenager only one year before and being observed overnight in a hospital was not a red flag. I struggled to think what would be a red flag, but in any case that wasn't used to keep him from accessing guns or acquiring guns. Did it, do we know, did he like buy them legally or for him? I cannot remember to be honest with you. Not that it's really relevant. I mean, I guess it's in a way worse if he bought them himself, but even if he didn't, I mean, somebody who has a situation like this, even if it's a family member or a friend who owns the gun, He should not have access to a gun. We'll put it that way.
1: I can say, like, growing up from a small town. I mean, I've shotguns. They're pretty cool, not gonna lie. It's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I don't... Yeah.
1: You can buy them at garage sales from people. They're not doing a background check or anything, so red flag laws won't matter if you go down the street at a garage sale and buy a new deer rifle, you know? Yeah.
0: There's a million loopholes in the United States that you can use to obtain a gun, even if you don't want to buy it from a federally licensed store which even if you buy it from a federally licensed store there's hardly anything that they're going to do that keeps you from buying a gun right um so it's basically non existent gun control in the united states um so it seems like as they're piecing together uh this guy's motivation it seems that he has he was radicalized over the course of about two years to ascribe to a conspiracy theory called excuse me um Great replacement theory. Mm. Um, have you heard of this? It's on by your hmm, you may yeah. have. So, yeah. So, um, generally, this theory states um, that there's a coordinated effort to diminish the influence of white people, um, just generally in certain countries, obviously. Um, and that seems to include their definition of white is anybody that is d- a European descendant of a, you know, vaguely christian nation does that make sense it's
1: weird how like you say that that way i mean i know why because the definition of like what a white person is has definitely evolved over time right the so changes
0: yeah my ancestors on my mom's side were italian immigrants when right. they showed up they were not white people yeah, they were, like, were the irish out group. and scottish ancestors
1: yeah. you know like
0: <laughs> and like polish people too they were not the in-group uh at the time they just have been assimilated mostly because they look white we'll put it that way um, but in any know, case, I don't know if you're going to talk
1: done. about this, uh, down in Virginia that, uh, unite the right rally, the dudes with the tiki torches and the polos, you know, we might cover that. Uh, say so they were chanting, they will not replace us. Or yes. We will not be yeah, replaced. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. does, yeah. It, yeah. It, that does come up. Yep.
0: Um, so in any case, um, some of the things they point to, su- to support this idea Um, is falling birth rates among white people in western countries that's a fact that is observable true most Um,
1: countries in general have falling birth rates
0: yes the increasing diversity of historically white western countries again generally true Um, and in addition there tends to be more immigration of non-white people than white people in these countries which i mean makes sense right I, mean,
1: I feel like especially in, like, the U.S., like, who's, there's not a lot of, like, people from, like, European countries that probably want to come here. <laughs> no, why
0: would you, Tom? Why <laughs> I, would you? I, yeah. This is one of the big reasons why, but there's a myriad of them you could pick. Why yeah. would I leave my country to come to the United States if it's a first world country? Yeah. I mean, some I people would, but. Yeah. We'll talk about them. Yeah. We won't talk about them. I don't want to. Um in any case, um, like I said, those trends are generally true. Um, the This is a really interesting thing that I will explain. The non-Hispanic white population in the United States is expected to shrink from the years 2020 to 2060, um, even while the overall population of the country is expected to grow. So there's a couple of reasons for that. One, we said falling birth rates. Another, I think, is a big one is... Um, The baby boomer generation is probably overwhelmingly white if i had to guess um that's fair that's a cohort in the united states like i don't remember when they actually start they're in their 60s now it's like 60s 70s they're post-war
1: yeah i think probably like late 40s to very early 1960s was their birth so Mm -hmm. like i think my Mm -hmm. parents are just at the tail end of baby right
0: so would my my parents would be about the same um so but that's a huge probably that's a huge cohort of there were so many that's a bigger generation than most of the other ones that have followed mm-hmm. um so that's probably a big reason for it they're just going to get old and die out over the next 30 years so the white percentage of the population is just going to shrink um and yeah there's just going to be more <laughs> more immigration too um Would you say it's
1: fair to say like the trends they're seeing are real, but the uh, motivations behind it? Right, it's just just there's not motivations. Right, it's a natural
0: progression that they're ascribing nefarious means behind. Um. So, in a classic twist, um, some assume the Jews to be behind the plan, naturally. Um. Others assume Democrats, and Democrats is the liberal party in the United States. I don't know if anybody didn't know that who's listening to this, but maybe. Um, But basically, anybody left of center. Not um, reactionary. They are purposely, they're assuming that these uh, people are purposely encouraging diversity to increase their voter base. At least in the United States, there is a very strong correlation between um, being not white um and voting uh on the left of center um
1: the i don't know how else to say US that center yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so. left generally um there's a, a very very strong correlation that is observed between that um
1: and i'll say um definitely uh you could say there were a lot of dog whistles or just saying the quiet part out loud with the uh, Trump campaign for presidency. That definitely propelled him to that. A lot of these... Build the wall. Yeah, white right. grievance politics, shall we call it? Yes,
0: white rage is yeah. another a lot of, thing uh, that gets thrown around.
1: A lot of that propelled uh, that twice impeached guy from Home Alone too,
0: <laughs> the, Lost in New York. The Oompa Loompa-esque <laughs> <laughs> Former president of the United States. Um, This isn't a new concept. I mean, it's why even today, efforts to reduce the amount of minority voters that are eligible to vote um, are popular among conservative parties. We saw a wave of that after the 2020 election. Um,
1: We see that where we live right now? Yes. With our new district that we're in for the House?
0: So one of the fun, there's a couple of fun ways that in the United States politics that they do this. So there's one called gerrymandering, which means you, in the United States, you draw districts in a given state um, that basically say um, who gets to vote for that district. You basically are assigning a representative to the House of Representatives, one of the two legislative, you know, executive, or not executive, one of the two legislative bodies at the federal level of the United States government. Um, but basically those districts get redrawn every time there's a census. Every 10 years. Every 10 years. Because the number of representatives you get, um, is proportional to your population. So, we're in Ohio. Ohio is a state... (laughs) Shut up! Ohio is a state that has experienced pretty consistent population loss, um, over the past, I don't know, 40, 50 years probably. Um, so... In this last election cycle, I believe we did lose um, a House of Representative member.
1: Maybe, I don't remember.
0: If not, we've been losing them slowly yeah. over the course of the last 50 years. So that means they have to redraw the district boundaries. Now, the problem with that process is it is in most states, I might even say all, I really don't know of a situation in which it's not, it's all or mostly controlled by the legislature. So whatever party has a majority um, in the state um, assembly, whoever has control of that state government basically gets to draw the lines however they want. So they can strategically draw lines to put a favorable amount of voters that would tend to vote towards for that party. They can cram them and strategically spread them out across districts to give yeah. themselves an advantage.
1: You'll see some pretty messed up looking maps. Like, you could say say the state was 50-50 split evenly between Democrats and Republicans. They could draw these maps in such a way to, like, cut major liberal cities into, like, four quadrants and then Dilute put a bunch them. of yeah. more rural, generally conservative voters in the same district. So you could have a city like Toledo let's say that votes overwhelmingly democratic but could be split up to the point where every single representative of Toledo is a republican like,
0: mm-hmm. which is happens which is what we're it's seeing right in now in ohio right, right now, now. We're in a plus 6
1: republican district and we have yeah. a city of what 300,000 strong that generally
0: yeah the metropolitan area of toledo is probably between 400,000 and 500,000 would probably overwhelmingly vote democratic but if they draw, which they did in yeah. this new map, they s- split it in such a way that they tried to make a competitive district out of one that wouldn't otherwise be. So it's kind of complicated. You can look up videos. It's called gerrymandering. And if you want to see a map that is gerrymandered, look up the Ohio um, House of Representatives district map. Yeah. Uh, just Google that. You'll look at it and you'll say these shapes don't make any sense. And you're right. They don't. Um, and they just pass other... Um, historically they just pass other restrictions that are targeted. They don't. So one of the things that I have seen that they do is they try to restrict the amount of mail-in ballots because mail-in ballots tend to favor, um, democratic voters because, um, old people tend to be conservative and old people have enough time to show up to the polls and vote younger people, um, poor people who have to work a lot of hours to make ends meet. They probably can't get time off from work to go vote in person. So if you restrict mail-in voting, you're going to tend to slant um, the election in the conservative favor. And there's a bunch of other tactics they use to do that. We don't have time to cover all of that right now. but
1: Yeah, I w- another one. I'll say it real quick. It's a big one because um, conservatives will argue we shouldn't have mail-in voting because there's early voting. Mm-hmm. But I want to say it's in Texas because, of course, it is. They passed a law where, like, every county has to have the same number of early voting stations. So, say you live in a county that has, like... Austin. 3,000 people. Yeah. One in All right, they get one, and so does Austin, Texas, with however many million people. So, yeah. So, do you want to wait in line for four hours to vote when the people in the small counties can just walk right up?
0: So, there are a lot of ways that they yeah. can intentionally make it more difficult for people who they... Who would tend not to vote for their party? Yeah, um, to vote,
1: and I just wanted to bring that up because it definitely feeds into the whole misinformation. Because you'll hear things like, you know, oh, yeah, well, it's fair. We have early voting, so you don't need mail-in ballots. Like, yeah, but you make it the access isn't equal across a geographical area. But yeah, there are a lot of
0: there are a lot of underhanded techniques that can be used to do that, and they do that. Um, anyway, back to replacement theory. The name stems from. Um, a 2011 book by French writer Renault. <laughs> it's, I don't know how to say this. Camus? I'm sure that's not how a French whatever. person would say French it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> um, called Le Grand Replacement. I don't, Remplacement is how it's spelled. I don't know if that's, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, and then let me read uh, a couple quotes from an Associated Press article that kind of sums us up well. So, To some of the more extreme believers, certain white supremacist mass killers um, at a Norway summer camp in 2011, two Christchurch New Zealand mosques in 2019, uh, a Pittsburgh synagogue in 2018, a black church in Charleston, South Carolina in 2015, are considered saints. Let me just throw that out there. So people, more extreme believers of this white replacement theory, hold people who went to You know, places where non-white people are and killed people, they uh, hold these people in high regard. Consider them saints. Um, Another quote. Those accelerationist white supremacists believe small societal changes won't achieve much. Uh, Again, reminding you that their goal is to keep the place that they live as white as possible. Um, So the only option is tearing down society. So they go and shoot people who aren't white.
1: Try to start a war, a race war.
0: Yep. The Buffalo shooter's purported written diatribe and some of the materials indicate he closely studied the Christchurch shooter, uh, particularly the effort to live stream his rampage. According to apparent screenshots from the Buffalo broadcast, the shooter inscribed the number 14 on his gun, which uh, some experts say is a shorthand for a 14-word white supremacist slogan. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, A written declaration by the Christchurch shooter was widely spread online. Uh, If the message attributed to the Buffalo shooter proves authentic, it's designed to also spread his philosophy and methods to a large audience. Um, So let me just throw this out there. This all sounds pretty crazy. But in a poll released last week, the Associated Press and the NORC, uh, NORC Center for Public Affairs Research found that about one in three Americans believe an effort is underway to replace U.S.-born Americans with immigrants for electoral gain. So, a third of Americans answered uh, that to a survey, that they agree with that statement. You might ask why? Why in the world do that many Americans actually believe that? Um, Is Is it Fox News? You guessed it! I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more reasons than that, but One of the most ardent supporters of this uh, is our friend Tucker Carlson a Fox News and TV Dinner Fortune. Um, Often alludes to, I would call it, the shallow end of this pool on his show. So he doesn't go so far as to outright say, you know, I don't want different races in this country. But he does a lot to tiptoe around that. Would you say he's like a gateway drug? A gateway drug or says that to people who already believe that. So they just read between the lines and understand that that's what he's meaning.
1: Dog whistle perhaps.
0: Yeah. So let me just read you a quote from the TV dinner horse's mouth. Um, I know that the left and all the gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical. If you use the term replacement, if you suggest the democratic party is trying to replace the current electric the voters now casting ballots with new people, more obedient voters from the... Whoop, sorry, I split up that quote. More obedient voters from the third world. You saw it on his show last year. But they become hysterical because that's what's happening. Actually, let's just say it. That's true. So, a uh, man, this is the most widely watched news network in the United States. Don't listen to them whenever they say... That they are a minority and, you know, the liberal news media doesn't cover the things that they want to cover. They are the largest news network in the United States by num- by viewership. So anything where they say that, you know, they're the small guy and everybody else is shouting wrong things. I don't know where that falls apart, but it's right there. Um, And then... Somebody did a study where they counted 400 instances of bringing up these ideas in five years of broadcasts on Tucker Carlson's show.
1: You can bring that average up. I believe in him.
0: Yeah. You can do better. <laughs> um, so Working it's not average. really a wonder that people are believing that at um, astounding rates, let's say it. He's got
1: nothing on Alex.
0: Oh, we'll get to Alex. I know we will. But before we get to Alex... Ooh, something happier. No, we're going to go... To the advertisements, so I'm hopefully, they're a Alex little more Jones. uplifting than, than the current uh topic. But let's go to the chilling hour corner,
1: yeah. Learn about Anchor, probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, yeah. Well, wasn't that a refreshing short break from The Misery?
1: I can honestly say I yearn for it to return. The, <laughs> I yearn break, for another... The break, not The Misery.
0: <laughs> this is this is one of those episodes where you just wish there were more ads, probably. Can we just do ad breaks for the rest of the show? Unfortunately, no. What if I just say, welcome to the shilling corner, will it, will it start? Or no, will we just keep I'm just going to bulldoze through you. <laughs> Noted. Alright, so we kind of covered um, in that first half um, how those types of conspiracy theories can kind of motivate, um, some of these extremists to carry out these mass shootings. Um, now we'll talk about the other, the next piece of the puzzle, I think, um, is the conspiracies about the shootings themselves. Um, so unfortunately, as we talked about, this is an extremely common occurrence in the United States where one of these gets very well publicized because tragic events just keep constantly happening. Um, so pretty much any time one of these more publicized shooting happens, they spring up around um, a swell of conspiracies about them. So, uh, again, another recent example of this are claims surrounding the identity of the Uvalde, Texas uh, shooter that took place on Tuesday, May 24th, Tuesday of this week as we record it, um, in which a lone gunman... 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, um, killed 19 children and two teachers at an elementary school. He just showed up and busted down the door and shot people. Um, so, um, almost immediately after this, threads on social media sites like Twitter and Reddit, Mm. um, they started making these false claims about the shooter, um, The most popular ones being that they were an illegal immigrant or that they were a transgender woman. Weird how
1: those were the topics they picked.
0: Yes, just baseless accusations. Um, It's not shocking why they would pick something like that. As we talked about, uh, these types of conspiracies and this type of thinking is pretty pervasive on the right side of the aisle here in the United States. The far right, I would say. Um, so it makes sense that two people that they do not like very much generally, um, immigrants, um, who they will also almost always call illegal immigrants because it fits their narrative better, um, and transgender people. Um, they even went so far as to circulate pictures of transgender women taken from other online sources claiming that those were the people who were responsible, as you might expect, that led to those people being harassed a ton, um, even though they had no involvement whatsoever. Um, I know one of the people that they talked to um, lived in New York City, literally, you know, a thousand miles away from from Texas.
1: Yeah, I feel like anytime the internet decides to get involved with an investigation, it goes poorly, and especially in this case, it sounds like a bunch of chuds decided to do it,
0: so. What a great word, chud. It is a good word. Um... So, as you might, uh, as we kind of just talked about at the end of the other thing, um, conspiracy theories aren't really confined to the fringes anymore, at least in America. I'm not sure how that is on the world scale. Um, one great example of this is Arizona Congressman Paul Gosser. Um, mm,
1: another lovely
0: example. he fit both of these unfounded claims about the shooter in a single now deleted tweet, uh, <laughs> that also misspells the guy's name um but the internet never forgets internet never forgets quote it's a transsexual it's not the term transsexual leftist illegal alien named salvator romo ramos which again his name is not salvator salvador a little context on Gosar.
1: gossar i don't care how you say his name he's a Garbage human being. Um, his siblings like put out an ad saying, Don't vote for him. We don't know what's wrong with this guy. We hate him. Oh my god, so that's that's where he's at.
0: But let me reiterate this man is a congressman. Oh, yeah, hundred he is elected to the most powerful legislative body in the United States. Yep, he is one of what 600 and some odd people who make the legislative decisions in the 500, this country. 600. I don't know. Well, combined, because Congress oh, right, is, like, right, right. what, 530... So 635, probably? Yeah, 635. Something like
1: that. Who knows? We, this isn't civics podcast.
0: <laughs> um, So, again, it's not confined to the re- far reaches anymore. There are people who are literally making the laws in the country that I belong to.
1: I would say the far reaches of power. I don't think the majority of people believe these things, but that's a whole bunch of dynamics we
0: don't have the time or willpower to get into today. Correct. Um, I need a book list. Let's talk about a really interesting um, example of these types of conspiracies that sprung up around um, these types of school shootings, mass killings. Oh, boy. Um, And that is our friend and yours, Alex Jones and the Sandy Hook Elementary shooting. Hmm. So, um, often these conspiracies will claim to differing degrees that mass shootings aren't real. Or um, so a common refrain is that these events were faked entirely with actors and you know it was all staged.
1: Yeah, you'll hear words like crisis actors and crisis false actors, flags. yeah,
0: is a big one. Or they were perpetuated they did happen, but they were perpetuated by an operative sent by someone trying to push a political agenda. Most often gun control. Um, it's the liberals wanting to take our guns, so they sent this guy to shoot up an elementary school or something. Um, one of the most famous and perhaps the most interesting instances of these types of conspiracies, as I said, as our friend and yours, Alex Jones in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. Um, this is better one he uses
1: the gay frog guy.
0: Yeah, the gay frog thing is funny to laugh at. This is not funny.
1: No, that's funny.
0: Um, the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting occurred on December fourteenth, 2012, when Adam Lanza went to the school in Newton, uh, Connecticut, and shot his mother, a teacher at the school, 20 students and six staff members uh, before he eventually committed suicide. So, let me reiterate, 20 children that were just going to school that day and eight teachers, again, or staff members, I should say, just trying to do their job. Um... The more common conspiracy theory, um, adopted by, oh, this is a quote from Wikipedia. Let me skim this real fast and see. Okay, I'll just read it verbatim. So, (laughs) quote, the more common conspiracy theory adopted initially by James Fetzer, James Tracy, and others, and further popularized by Alex Jones, denied that the massacre actually occurred, asserting that it was fake. The massacre was described by Fetzer and Tracy as a classified training exercise involving members of federal and local law enforcement, the news media, and crisis actors, which they claim was modeled on Operation Closed Campus, an Iowa school shooting drill that was canceled in 2011 amid threats and public outcry. Jones described the school, uh, or I'm sorry, Jones described the shooting incident as, synthetic completely fake with actors in my view manufactured it just shows how bold they are that they are clearly that they clearly used actors end quote
1: yeah with this whole like crisis actors thing you'll see like i'll just call it what it is like far-right propaganda of like comparing photos of like the crime scenes from like uh Newtown and uh, Sandy Hook like trying to be like oh this is the same person they have the audacity to use the same actor pay-
0: playing this mother like it's just
1: disturbing it's rough
0: um for those who are not familiar with Alex Jones Alex Jones hosted uh, InfoWars um a I don't know what you call it podcast I guess is what yeah, you call on it the radio. An online it's a radio show yeah um but InfoWars more generally was a conspiracy based online media network um, with a couple other subsidiaries as well, um, with pretty substantial reach. Um, it's definitely evolved. kind of the gold standard of the conspiracy community. I would say
1: it's wild, like just a little short aside. It started off as like, he was on public access television in Austin, Texas,
0: mm-hmm. which at the time people, I think just laughed at him. Yeah. It, it was, was funny goofy.
1: and definitely did some conspiracy, you know, more of the goofier side of things and it it's turned into a, a pretty powerful like far right propaganda misinformation, yeah. network
0: and let me just be the one to say it they have made a ridiculous amount of money oh they sell like
1: supplements and like
0: they sell all sorts of bs they sold toothpaste uh, at one point which the fda made them stop selling um they'll do like survivalist gear gold and
1: silver because you know the great class like just ugh.
0: it's yeah snake oil <laughs> um I think in one of the articles I read, he made like seventy-five million million one year or something oh, like that. Oh, it's insane, dude. Um, but since, as we said, substantial reach. Um, so as a result of these claims, um, this led to widespread harassment of victims, police officers, people who were involved. Um, grieving parents. Grieving parents. Yeah. Imagine your kid was shot by a person when they just went, you know, you send your kid off to elementary school and then you just find out that they got shot. Um, and then because this Yahoo on the internet is an idiot, you are harassed for years. You receive death threats even, um, while you're grieving. At least this has
1: a little bit of a bright spot at the end of it. Yeah, we're
0: getting to it. So as a result of all these things, um, some of the victims of that Sandy Hook, I think, well, the parents of the victims, I guess is more accurate way to say it. Um, sued Jones and Infowars for defamation in two states. Um, I believe it's
1: Connecticut and
0: Connecticut and Texas. Yeah, I believe that's So correct. Texas is where Alex Jones's whole operation was based. Connecticut.
1: Newtown shooting.
0: Yeah. was where the shooting actually took place.
1: Um, different shooting than Sandy Hook. We're talking about multiple areas. No, and same thing. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Same thing. Um, is it bad that I don't know that? Cause there's so many. No. Um, so Ooh, can I give a plug real quick? Please do. So, Knowledge Fight, I've talked about before. They're a great podcast that talks about Alex Jones and breaks down everything evil about that little slimy mf hmm They've got like 700 episodes if you want to really holy dive holy. into it, but uh, they have a series within their feed called Formulaic Objections, and they actually uh, interview and do the podcast with the uh, lawyer from the defamation suits. Oh, so, cool. really cool insight into it, and watching him nail those bastards is kind of awesome
0: well and here's the really super interesting thing so the one it's extremely hard to win defamation and libel suits in the united states Mm -hmm. i think that's a general trend in most places but particularly in the united states it is a super high bar you have to reach to win defamation or libel um so it would have been you know alex jones would have had a pretty decent chance i think of getting away with it getting off scot-free from these suits But they, his legal team responded by dragging their feet to such an extreme level in legal proceedings that the judge in the case awarded a default, um, uh, verdict in favor of the families. So what that means basically is if you just continually refuse to comply with court orders, they deem to a point where you're, I don't know, you piss off the judge to a point where they're not going to deal with you anymore. They just automatically assume that you are at fault and award the person the who's suing you. And, like, if defamation
1: libel suits are never successful, I'd say that's even, like, rarer, probably. A yeah, summary I judgment can't or imagine that called. happens often. Yeah, so. Either through incompetence or hubris,
0: you'd be the judge. They, yeah, they, they done screwed up a round. So, this, they're still happening now. yeah. Um, and so these cases are currently awaiting jury trials to decide on the award amount. Then Infowars and all the other subsidiaries filed for bankruptcy recently. So they were went to bankruptcy court to solve all that before they could, you know, mm-hmm. award a judgment. The latest I just saw was that I believe it was in Texas. The families dropped the companies from the suits and just left Alex Jones personally on the suits. <laughs> So oh, I'm happy now. That got chucked out of bankruptcy court in Texas back to the regular civil litigation court where they were doing the original suit. So now that is set to take place here soon. So a bonehead move by Alex Jones. Now he is solely personally, financially responsible for these libel and defam- defamation defamation shockingly
1: when you're uh untouchable or untouchable that's not the word I want to you think for. you're untouchable when you think you're untouchable and you're a general slime ball that no one would want to be associated with you don't have the best lawyers <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so we'll see what happens with that i think they went after him asking for a million dollars i would not be surprised if they get awarded much more than that by a jury um
1: yeah it looks like uh wednesday of this week so like may i don't know 25th or something like that they released another formulaic objections episode on knowledge fight, so i assume that will go into more of that but i have not listened to it
0: yeah that like i said is one of the most interesting instances of that that you can read about um but again that happens every single time one of these mass you know widely publicized mass shootings happens in the united states these Mm -hmm. conspiracy theories pop up that they're False flag staged by the government to do something to take away our guns is typically the refrain.
1: Very ineffective strategy if true, because
0: <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. Um So there's that. Now let's look at the last piece. Misinformation in societal response. Mm. Um So it's not really a secret, particularly if you're if you live in America, that whenever these shootings happen there always becomes public outcry and a conversation asking for gun control um so we're just going to look at um we're going to look at some data to help us understand because normally the response that pro-gun advocates come back with is that you know people shoot people guns don't shoot people blah 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 all these different things about how guns aren't really a problem if you take away guns that's not going to fix the problem Let's just look at some data to help us understand why that probably isn't the case. And why a- curbing guns could help us reduce this violence.
1: I don't want to like give away my biases here, but isn't it funny how, oh, we can't ban guns, it wouldn't stop the problem. But we can ban abortions, that will stop the problem. We're pro-life, except right. if
0: you're alive. I'm not um, a Democrat,
1: I'm worse than that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, one of the best ways that I have seen to kind of understand this phenomena is to look at other countries around the world Mm -hmm. um we're not the only country that has mentally ill people unstable people that want to do horrible things or like gun access right or gun access but one of perhaps the best analog for us i think is australia and there's a couple of reasons for that australia is pretty similar culturally in some key ways um we're both former british colonies we both kind of have a rugged, individualistic streak yeah. about us, um, and hunting and sport shooting are pretty popular. Mm-hmm. People want access to guns in these places. Um, however, they have much stricter gun laws, and there is one specific historical event that you can look at that is the reason why. So, um, in 1996, year before I was born, because I'm a young, a young buck child. Yeah child. Um, in 1996, uh, there was this event called the Port Arthur Massacre. Um, it's a familiar story. An unstable 28 year old man walked into a cafe, um, with an AR-15 style rifle and started shooting. Um, by the time he was in custody, 35 people were dead and another 23 were injured. Um, for those who aren't familiar with kind of the gun language, AR-15 style rifles are basically like a combat assault rifle is the design. Um, I don't think you can legally own one that is fully automatic in the United States. You might be able to get approved to have that, but typically they are semi-automatic, which means you pull the trigger once it shoots once. You can't hold the trigger down and have it shoot. But I know there are places where you can buy equipment that helps you get around that.
1: Yeah, I think... To buy an automatic weapon, like, it has to be something that was made before there was, like, a ban on them in, like, the 70s, so there's, like, a small pool, Mm. and the tax stamp's, like, 20 grand or something, so your run-of-the-mill idiot redneck isn't gonna be buying a Mm -hmm. fully automatic rifle.
0: It's probably gonna be a rich collector at that point. Yeah. Um, So, in any case, like I said, 35 people were dead, another 23 injured, a horrible, horrible mass killing. Um, now, it's important to understand that the Australian system of government is more reactive to public opinion, particularly because they lack tools um, a minority in within the government can use to block popular legislation. Um, in the United States, the main one that we see is called the filibuster. Um, that means it is a tool in which um, the minority group within a legislative body in the United States government can basically stall to the point where a vote on an issue cannot happen. So they're the minority party, but unless the other, um, unless the opposing party can get what is called a supermajority, which is 60% of the legislative body, two-thirds, basically, can override um, that filibuster. They can basically call for a vote. If they get 60% of the people to agree that they don't want the filibuster to happen anymore, they can end debate and they can vote and so
1: that's only a thing in the senate i believe which is like the higher chamber if to use the general nomenclature
0: which in the united states if you can't pass both houses of the legislature right. both the house of representatives and the senate you can't get something passed
1: and another thing that's just like weird about our system so in most other like parliamentary kind of type of like coming from english common law i guess governments um the higher chamber is like largely like ceremonial at this point like the house of lords in the english system doesn't have a lot of power we're here in the senate they're not representative it's not a representative body you know mm-hmm. vermont has just as much power as texas has just as much power as wyoming
0: yeah so to put that in perspective california one of the most populous it might be the most populous state in the united states I think that's right they have a huge population they get two senators the state we live in, Ohio, which is probably middle-of-the-road population... That's like 7th
1: We're big, dude. I don't know oh. what people are,
0: but... We're pretty high up, then. Yeah.
1: We have two. We have two. North Dakota, that's more moose than people. Yeah.
0: North Dakota has a fraction of the people even Ohio has. They we also have two, have two senators. So,
1: yeah. so that body has a lot of power in the U.S., which is... Minority rule yeah. at that point. We can get into it, but we don't need
0: to. Um, But in any case, right. Australia doesn't really have that as much but it is worth noting that they did have a very very strong gun lobby like we have in the United States um so in any case within two weeks of the massacre both federal and state governments in Australia had enacted laws to ban semi-automatic weapons like we just talked about ban pump-action weapons which are you know pretty similar to a semi-automatic um they carried out a buyback scheme to compensate owners of those now banned weapons to buy them back and destroy them. Um, they created a centralized registry for firearms and organized a public education campaign about all these new things that they just did. So pretty common sense pieces of you know gun control. They didn't say we're gonna take all guns from everyone. they said these super these guns that are... Could be used by somebody to inflict mass casualty more readily than other types of guns. We're going to take those away.
1: Maybe you don't need to own something that has like a 50, whatever, yeah, ammo round magazine.
0: magazine. So, pretty common sense legislation happened within two weeks.
1: You're a pretty bad shot if you need
0: 50 shots to kill a deer. It's fair. And nobody's... I'm going to throw this out there. Most people probably aren't hunting with an AR-style rifle Probably anyway. not, but... Um, now... In the 25 years since uh, these rules have been enacted, there ha- guess how many incidents they've had where four, at least four people were killed? Two. Three. Ah, so close. So close. So as a reminder, now these are different metrics because the one in the United States counted only... It was counting where at least four people were shot, whether or not they were killed. This is counting just killed. There were over 3,000 since 2013. There in were the two United in States. the last month. There were, yeah, two in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in 25 years, Australia, again, very similarly similar culturally to the United States, them banning the weapons has basically eliminated the, this problem that we have pervasively in the United States. But have you considered the lack of freedom? Tom, I'm going to argue that <laughs> me... In the future, when I likely have children and go to send them to school, I'm going to argue that I am less free in the United States if I cannot confidently send my child to school without worrying about whether they're going to get shot.
1: Sounds like a pretty hot take, but you
0: know, I'll let you have it. Um, it's I now, of course, you can't expect all mass shootings. To be able to be prevented. Unfortunately. Yeah. There the are. Reality. Bad people out there. That. For whatever reason. Find it in their heart. That they are going to carry out. An event like this. They. Even if they can't get a gun. Even if it's more difficult. For them to get a gun. And they still get one. They can still do horrible things. They can still kill a lot of people. But. I think. It is frankly. Embarrassing and outlandish. That it's inconceivable to me that the U S has refused time and time again. Again, these happen probably monthly in the United States. I would say that we get a big publicized shooting like this where at least 10 people die. It's inconceivable to me that we have taken no action whatsoever to curb these gun access to people who want to carry out these plans. Other wealthy countries have responded when tragedies happen in their country. And they're better off for it. So it's like the Onion article that you always
1: see pop up time and time again. The mm-hmm. headlines just, there's nothing we can do to prevent this as the only country where this regularly happens. Mm-hmm. Like when a satire newspaper has got you nailed to
0: rights like that. So let me break this down, just how bad this really is in the United States. So the gunman in Uvalde, um, Texas, that's the one where the guy just walked into a, he was an 18 year old kid, walked into a school and killed 20 people at least, at I think it was more than school. that, in elementary school, um, he purchased two AR-15s on his 18th birthday legally. In the United States, you cannot drink alcohol until you are 21. Three years after you are legally allowed to walk into a gun store and purchase a semi-automatic rifle that is extremely lethal. It is unfathomable. Unfathomable. The gunman in Buffalo, also 18, had been institutionalized for mental health only a year before his rampage. And he still got his hands on guns and body armor. I cannot fathom the need for body armor. I don't know where you would buy body armor. I, I assume just a gun shop. Right. But why in God's green earth is somebody allowed to buy body armor? I would agree with that. It's crazy. So... It is true to say that the people who choose to commit these crimes have some mental health issues. But it's foolish if we don't make it more difficult for these people to try to do something like that. You know, why is it that easy for people to acquire extremely lethal weapons in the United States? So It doesn't make sense. You've brought up mental health a couple times. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a big talking point right it's now. It's a huge talking point. Oh, it's not a gun it's problem. It's a mental health problem. So when I think health... I think mm-hmm. of a US agency I think the CDC they're involved with that right um Congress banned funding to the CDC for gun research
0: oh chill, chill it's been for a while
1: so like yeah our major health agency can't even do anything
0: research into what could let me also point out the United States for has perhaps the worst health insurance um health care you Access know system to
1: health even worse than in
0: the developed world yeah You know, worse than countries that we say aren't developed, I would venture to say. It's not great. There are wide swaths of Americans that don't have any health coverage. I, as an American, I can say I have pretty good health care, very expensive through my work. You know, I'm fortunate enough that I can afford it, partially because my company chooses to subsidize it to some Mm -hmm. degree. But I don't even go to the doctor very much because I am trained, as an American, to know that going to the doctor can be very, very expensive And it's complicated to figure out where to go to the doctor. So to say that, oh, it's a mental health problem. Okay, then let's fix the mental health problem. But people who support gun rights typically don't want to do that either. Yeah. So it just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Not to mention, this is not some fringe view that Tom and I share. We are admittedly pretty far to the political left, I would say. At least for the American context. For the American context. I'm probably, you know, centrist left in a European country, I would say.
1: Yeah, I'm still pretty left. You're,
0: still, you're pretty <laughs> left regardless. But it's not just us that think this. So in March 2019, um, an APNORC poll showed the majority of U.S. adults, 58%, saying they thought there would be fewer mass shootings in the United States if it were harder for people to legally obtain guns. More specific, many specific measures that would curb um, access to guns or ammunition also get this majority support, according to polls. And let me look at Gallup. I pulled up, uh, Gallup is a huge, I don't know if they're international or not. In the United States, they're one of the largest polling, you know, public opinion polls you you can get
1: they were kind of like the first one to like start doing like scientific polling you know
0: so there's a bunch of different you can look this up a bunch of different polls that they have done across years uh about the topic of guns generally so the first one is do you have a gun in your home and it looks like this might end in 2020 or 2021 it's hard to tell based on this graph but the most recent data point on this says 42 percent of americans have a gun in their home okay so, keep that number in mind. 42% of people have a gun. So, you know, they're not so anti gun that they don't want one. Mm-hmm. And then here's the next question In general, do you feel that the laws uh, covering the sale of firearms should be made more strict, less strict, or kept as they are? 52% of individuals said that they should be more strict. Another 35% at least said, you know, don't change it. And there was only 11% of people said that they should be less strict. So, over a majority of people think that gun control should be more strict. And that's even considering that there's 40% of the population that actively owns guns. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not like every American it's is... Like a fringe position. It's not a fringe position. It's the majority opinion. The fringe position is that we shouldn't do anything about gun control geez it's almost like
1: this kind of ties back into the minority, control yeah, stuff minority we were talking role. about earlier not the replacement minority
0: so a more specific um a more specific poll um basically how do you feel about the nation's laws or policies on guns in 2022 13 of people said very satisfied 28 percent said somewhat satisfied said somewhat dissatisfied very dissatisfied got 37%
1: that was the biggest number
0: And biggest number and I'll say only 13% of people basically indicated they didn't think there was any improvement that could be made that could be made with how gun policies are in the United States Hmm. (laughs) only 3% of people didn't have an opinion (laughs) you know it's unfathomable to me Tom unfathomable Um, I wish I had a better place to end, but that's about it. It's outrageous. It's a symptom
1: of minority rule in the United States. Bummer. And once again, ideological minority, not the great replacement. Yes.
0: (laughs) Just want to make that not a racial minority. Oh, the interesting thing I forgot to talk about. So when we were talking about race earlier on in the demographics in the United States, there's this really interesting, weird legal principle in the United States where Hispanic people are legally white. Now, let me explain that. There was a... I don't know if it made it to the Supreme Court, but there was a court decision at some point during... um, I think it was when Texas was becoming a state.
1: A general mistake.
0: So, the Hispanic people saw how enslaved African Americans and even freed African Americans at that time were being treated. So, they saw all of these Jim Crow laws and, you know, laws like that against black people. And they said, hmm, we would like to be counted as legally white. So they literally sued the government and they got the ruling in their favor. That's so cool that out. is why legally Hispanic people in the United States of America, I'm just going to throw this out there. More often than not, you wouldn't consider their them to be white just culturally, I don't think. I think that's a pretty f- fair statement to say. But, I mean, what does white even mean anyway? Right. Um, Underseasoned food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, as a weird, you know, side effect of legal history in the United States, Hispanic people are technically white. Is that
1: why they have the different bubble on surveys? Yeah,
0: so that's why when you fill out a survey in the United States for, like, your demographics, there's non-white. white white is listed, (laughs) then there's, you know, black or African American. I'm not sure how they categorize it then asian American whatever all these different categories or non-hispanic then, caucasian or yeah something. then there's a separate there's often a separate question that asks are you hispanic or not
1: that's wild dude
0: isn't that so weird yeah i never really
1: thought i mean i thought about it but never enough to like it's so interesting type it into the googs but it
0: also shows you how arbitrary that uh, distinction between who is white and who isn't race is made up humans suck humans suck take an ancestry dna dna, DNA <laughs> quiz and talk to me about how pure white you are. <laughs> ribose nucleic acid. Anyway. As you can tell, we get pretty fired up about things like this. I'm just kind of bummed. but This yeah. one is just completely indefensible to me. This is not a matter of opinion to me. This is public safety. It doesn't make any sense. It's like morality too, bro. Like We don't. I would say we don't, as a rule, tend to steer away from politics, but I would say we tend not to make it overtly partisan.
1: I do a little bit.
0: I think it's clear that we have those opinions, but we don't, I don't know. We don't. It's easier when. Marinate the, on them for very long. The
1: political bits we're railing against are like the far right nut jobs, but when it's something that's so like everyday life, you know, it, I, it's different. You know? I can
0: respect an individual who thinks that the best way for a government to be is less involved on a daily basis. They think that small government is typically better. I can respect and have a conversation with that person. My opinion probably doesn't always match up with that person, but we we can at least have a discussion where that person might be a rational human being and saying, you know what, generally as a rule, I would like to make sure that the government does not overreach. Okay, I can respect that. I cannot respect somebody who, against all rationale, one, tries to deprive voters of their right to vote, tries to water down the party of people who don't agree with them politically, and who support things like this. I just can't... I can't talk to a... I can't have a rational discussion with that.
1: Bipartisanship is
0: one thing, but when half of the other part of the party believes that the election was you know, not fair and free. And they tried to overthrow the government. I don't think we have to sit down at the bargaining table with those people.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But I don't think we're going to get that.
0: We'll see. Yeah. There's a pretty substantial demographic shift. That's projected to happen in the next 10 years. Sounds like a theory. I'm familiar <laughs> with. I just mean electorally, <laughs> not even, not even a race thing. Of, but I, I, still.
1: I was making a funny, kind of not very funny episode.
0: Well, Thank you all for listening to that very factually correct but sad um, episode of We the Sheeple.
1: Yeah, um, we have Twitter.
0: We have a Twitter. We have a TikTok. Find us. We have an email. Please email us with any of your questions, comments, concerns, your recipes we decided last episode. No,
1: we don't want your manifesto, though.
0: We don't want your manifesto. And if you want to send us hate mail, I will probably read it Yeah, if you don't like
1: it, send it. I might try to dox you live on the VOD. Who knows?
0: Yeah, maybe we'll read, like, mean
1: tweets. (laughs) Um, That would be funny. Find us on your pod listening app of choice. Subscribe if you can. Like if you can. Review if you can.
0: Review if you can. Tell your
1: friends. Tell your family. Tell the nice man at the convenience store on the corner.
0: Yes, please. Um... Try to look on the bright side of my... Read books. Read books. They generally help. Books are cool. Go to your library. Get books a library card. Get a... What is that song from Arthur? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's about getting a library card? I don't know. But... Anyway.
1: If you have, like, a local... Vote in local elections and vote for libraries.
0: Yes. Vote in local elections. Be as politically involved as you can. Particularly if you're in the United States. Also run for local elections. That is something we were talking about recently in our group of friends.
1: Yeah, that's scary.
0: It is amazing, particularly if you live in a less populated area, how few people vote in local elections and how people tend to just run unopposed and these people are can insane. be quite frankly completely insane or completely unqualified.
1: Even like bigger cities or areas like around here though, like the primary elections which decides who's on the ballot, like they'll be like 2,000 votes. That's not very many people.
0: Yeah, in a city, like we said, the metropolitan area of Toledo is probably at least 400,000, if not 500,000. Yeah, you'll
1: have like a 12% turnout on some elections.
0: It's wild. It's pathetic. So yeah, be civically participated... What? Be Be civically participated. Yeah, be civically participated. (laughs) You heard it here first. Um, yeah, maybe we can change things for the better. Let's hope. Um... I think that's all we got for you this week we've bummed you out enough yeah go take a walk outside pet a kitten do something touch grass you pleb (laughs) um until next time wake up sheeple
1: yeah wake up